This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Getting engaged is a moment worth cherishing. A one-of-a-kind ring that you design at Blue Nile can help your love sparkle. Just choose your diamond and setting. When you've found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Finding the right engagement ring can be nerve-wracking. At Blue Nile, you'll have the expert guidance needed and a diamond guarantee that ensures you're getting the highest quality at the best price. Cherish all of life's moments and save up to 30% at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Nine games into the season and Graham Coughlin couldn't manage a win. The axe finally fell on his tenure last night as the Stags slumped to a 4-2 defeat at home to Barrow. In the hours which have followed just in the last couple of minutes or so, the club have confirmed that Richard Cooper is in caretaker charge, whilst assistant manager Joe Dunn has also joined Graham Coughlin in leaving the club. Coming up over the next hour, myself, Nathan and Cam will delve into what went wrong for Graham Coughlin and take a look at some potential replacements as the Stags need a resurgence in form. As always, there's the prime opportunity for you guys to have your say on your team as well in the comments. So make sure you come and join us on the show for the fans, by the fans. Why? Because Mansfield and managers matter. Let us know who you want to take charge. Let us know where you think this season can go. Get all your comments involved now and hit that share button. This is the Mansfield Matters podcast. Yes, it's come round again. It's a managerial change special. A very good evening to you all and welcome to the show for the fans, by the fans. Why? Because Mansfield matters. My name's Craig Priest. Joining me virtually, Cam Felton and Nathan Edge to share their views on Mansfield Town's managerial situation. We'll hear from them in just a minute. As always, get involved in the comments. We really want to hear your views tonight on who you want to see take the uh, the, the club forward lots of comments coming in already so apologize i do apologize if i miss any of them i'll try and keep up with them uh, as and when for those that missed it at the start of the show richard cooper's been put into caretaker charge after graham cochland was dismissed as stags manager after no wins in nine games thus far this season
Let's kick things off tonight then with the uh, two club statements which came out uh, obviously last night after the game and of course um, after uh, uh, around 15 minutes or so uh, ago. Uh, let's uh, of course have a little read of those first and foremost. This is the first one, the one which uh, got us all excited literally just after we'd finished the podcast last night which was quite annoying. It could have happened 20 minutes earlier whilst we was on air. That'd have been great and that would have meant we could have enjoyed our Wednesday nights together. Um, but here we go. Uh, so this was the club statement last night. Mansfield Town Football Club can confirm that it is part of company with manager Graham Coughlin. In a joint statement Chairman John Radford and co-chairwoman Carolyn Radford said unfortunately despite an overhaul in the playing squad during the closed season and with significant backing. We have not acquired the results needed at this stage of the season. We've parted company amicably and thank Graham Coughlin for his endeavours and wish him every success in the future. Fresh leadership is now required to turn our season around. The process for a new manager is now underway. We'll be guided by our chief executive, David Sharp, and we'll take the necessary time to ensure that we appoint the right manager for Mansfield Town Football Club. Uh, very briefly, let's delve into that first statement, Nathan Edge. Um, and I think it's the uh, the, the, the final final paragraph there, uh, the final sentence which uh, uh, pleases us the most and it's the words, we will take the necessary time to ensure that we appoint the right manager for Mansfield Town Football Club because that has perhaps been the club's undoing over the last two or three seasons. Possibly so, possibly so. Um, yeah, I mean, first of all, obviously, uh, I think the uh, general feelings was unanimous between ourselves and the and the supporters last night. Obviously, and we got a lot of comments in on the podcast after the match, and uh, we all sort of had the same feelings that he needed to go. Then obviously the news did come, and um, you know, uh, obviously it's not great to see somebody lose their job, but as we all know, football is a results games business, and um, you know, nine games without wins, I don't think the board had much of a you know uh, alternative decision really so uh, they've done that it's now that was a big decision to make there's now even much bigger decision because I think um, they really where we are now we've got to get this next decision right so take it a bit of time uh, considering all options um, you know I think that's got to be the, the way forward this time we will come to your comments guys uh, in a minute keep them coming in I will try and get through as many of them uh, as I can although there are uh, literally are flooding in but in case you missed it uh, a couple of minutes uh, or so uh, ago literally just before we came on air so much so that I very nearly missed it if it wasn't for the eagle eye of Cam uh, the Stags have posted a second club statement which reads Mansfield Town Football Club can confirm that Academy Manager Richard Cooper has been placed in temporary charge of first team affairs. The 41-year-old will be assisted by under-18's lead player development coach Mike Whitlow, first team coach Jamie Maguire and academy coaches Sam Wilson and Sam Collins. Furthermore, the club can confirm that assistant manager Joe Dunn, um, senior performance analyst Edna Barron and uh, head of recruitment Andy Burgess have also left the club. The club places on record its thanks for their endeavours and wishes them well in the future. Uh, we pretty much expected Cam to, to see uh, Joe Dunn depart as well, didn't we? Um, I know a lot of people were, were talking about maybe giving uh, Maguire a game or so um, to, 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 to be put in charge, but putting Richard Cooper in, in charge makes absolutely perfect sense. Obviously, former assistant manager, been with the club uh, a number of years, very experienced as well with uh, with Mike Whitlow uh, assisting him with Maguire there um, as well. I would expect uh, them to take charge uh, Saturday. I'd be very, very surprised if uh, an appointment was made um, tomorrow or Friday. 
I think even if we did have an appointment uh, tomorrow or Friday, I think we'd still see them take charge. Um, I think, yeah, we we can't be rushing making an appointment now. So, um, yeah, the way, I think, yeah, definitely the way forward is just to give these guys a couple of games, maybe a game or so, just to give uh, John, Carolyn and uh, David Sharp the time to, to fi- find the right manager and get maybe a couple of people in, have a chat with them. Uh and see what they think best fit the club and obviously there's a couple of big names flying around a couple of names that people aren't quite sure about and i'm sure we'll talk about it in a little bit a little bit more depth later on absolutely um but it's it's there's such a difference between a couple of the names that are already flying around and there's some names that are like yes get them in some are very much no don't get them in at all any circumstances and i think it's now the point where john and carolyn and dave have obviously got to filter through that and see what they think is the best of the club Absolutely. We'll have a little look at those names, like you said, in a little bit more detail uh, later on. I'm going to go and try and get through as many of the uh, the comments as I can. I will skip some if I feel uh, that they're uh, repetitive or, or things like that. So please don't think that I'm ignoring you and not reading your comment out. It's literally because there's so many. Uh, we'd spend the entire show just reading uh, the comments and we uh, and repeating ourselves, so we, we won't do. Um, Ian has kicked us off tonight saying, I'm literally scared it might be Caldwell because of Sharp and his Wigan connections. Hope and pray it's not uh, the case. Uh, of course, he was a name that's been thrown in the mix uh, in the last uh, couple of hours or so, ex-Chesterfield um, as well. Um, Jamie says on the same theme, we don't want Gary Cordwell. Didn't he get Chesterfield relegated or near enough? Um, obviously, uh, Rob mentions about the statement um, um, about uh, Cooper being put in caretaker charge. Um, Victor says, got to be Nigel Clough. Um Ian says Jammer will also be involved to whip them into shape. Uh, Stephen says Cowleys, please. Nobody likes them. We, uh, nobody likes them. Even we didn't. Um, Elliot says Cowleys for me. Uh, Ian says Cowleys or Tisdale would be my choice. Jamie Nigel Clough for me. Very experienced in the lower leagues. Um, Rob says, do we really want to play hoofball under the Cowleys or try and be progressive with a long-term plan for once? No thanks. Roy says, Paul Cook. Um, Stuart says, let's hope they take the time and make the right appointment. No rushing into it. Cluffy or Tisdale for me. Um, Jamie asks, why did it go so wrong for Graham Cochran? We're going to have a look at that in a second. Um, Cam, can you have a quick look at the latest um, whilst I'm reading these comments? Have you have a little scroll through the latest bookies odds, please. You understand the betting market more than uh, what I do. You can be the official uh, betting correspondent for us uh, tonight. Um, Ashley says, uh, please not Gary Cordwell. Ricky says Cordwell's a backward step. Um, Ian says, Cook said he's open to offers but didn't mention us. Um, Gav says, scary stuff seeing Cordwell at top of the list. Um, Gary says both very uninspiring, uninspiring names in Clough and Cordwell. Very interesting one for me, that Nath. I think um, Clough wouldn't have been in the uninspiring category for me. He would have been in the inspiring category. I don't, I don't know about you. Yeah, it certainly would be for me as well. Uh, so quite quite surprised by that comment. Um, I think for as somebody's already said in the comments, you know, he has he's, he's been around certainly in the lower leagues for for a long time and has had success. Um, and most importantly, I think at this moment in time, you know, uh, we all know that we've had quite a good financial backing over the last few few years, and uh, we have got a few uh, players in that dressing room that probably need a manager that they can demand, you know, well, a manager that's able to get a bit of respect off them. And you know, I'm not um, necessarily insinuating that there's a problem in the dressing room at the moment. I, you know, I don't think that is the case, but. 
you know, there were a lot of question marks over that last year uh, under John Dempsey with him being, uh, you know, being a rookie in charge. So for me, someone like Clough or a few of these other names that I've been uh, put out, apart from Caldwell, um, you know, I think hopefully one of those, you know, they can come in and get a bit of respect and sort of change the mentality a little bit uh, in, in the dressing room as a whole. I certainly can't see any comment so far backing an appointment of Caldwell. Um, another name that uh, people aren't too keen on is that of Sean Derry. Wayne says, please don't appoint Sean Derry. Why has he even been mentioned, not done anything as a manager? We need someone with experience and who has won something. Uh, a lot of people... Um, Obviously, just mentioning names in the comments and things like that. Uh, Richard says, this appointment is crucial. There have been too many choices made haphazardly over the last couple of years. As a result, the club, the club have gone backwards. For me, the main thing is that uh, the team play attractive football and the results will follow. And uh, Richard's absolutely hit the nail on the head there, Cam, hasn't he? If you look back at our uh, our appointments, if you, if you go backwards... Um, John Dempster appointed Rashley and, and openly appointed Rashley um, as well. David Flickcroft was doing a, a decent job uh, at Swindon and brought in very, very quickly after Steve Evans left for Peterborough via China, um, via wherever else he's been. Um, and then obviously uh, before that, Adam Murray had a, a spell as caretaker manager after taking over from, uh, from Paul Cox. So certainly the last uh, two or three uh, managers uh, in there. Um, have been made and appointed very, very quickly. And, uh, you know, like Richard sort of said there, the the uh, the appointment is a crucial one at this stage considering where we are and what we've invested. 100%, yeah. And obviously it's a lot earlier in the season than we did last season. Uh, obviously Graham's only actually been in the job uh, 10 months now. Uh, came in in December last year. Uh, so... 10, I think it works out 10 months, 10 days, something like that. So he's not had a massive amount of times, but when when he's brought in to, to get the results, when you're winning, what is it, four, four in 24 games, it's simply not good enough, especially for a club like us where we need to be pushing, we need to be pushing top end league two and we need to be pushing for promotion and the, and the money that the club have, been, uh, the, that the Radfords have invested it's just second to none and, and we thank them for that but now we just need to actually find a manager that can do that I think obviously Steve Evans was a, a bit of a a bit of a curveball from the Radfords it was very much uh, the, the first big name appointments and a, a very different direction that they wanted to take the club in and say uh, and obviously invested money there same again with Dave it was very much taking the club in a very different direction to the previous manager Um it's just obviously just finding the right man for the job. Obviously, we need to figure out what's going wrong, why things didn't work under Graham Cochran, whether that was a mentality thing from his game. So talking to the players, what they think went wrong. And then also talking to obviously a couple of managers. There's a few names up near, um, up near the top of um, favourites to be manager that um, obviously we'd need to talk to and, and see what they envision for the club as well as what the Radfords want as well. Because obviously the, the main thing this season is going to be survive. Absolutely. If if we could scrape the playoffs, then it's still possible. But it's got to be a massive change around. And it's just who's going to be that man to, to bring us that bring bring us forward this season. Very quickly, run us through uh, the, the latest bookies odds uh, of who is going to be the man to succeed Graham Coughlin as Mansfield Town Manager. Well, Gary Colwell's out in front at the minute, uh, 11 to 8. Uh, well, I'll just go through the top 
uh, top five. Uh, Gary Caldwell, uh, Nigel Clough, Paul Cook, Peter Murphy, uh, Danny Cowley, and then a little bit further down, we've got Graham Alexander, Rob Edwards, Simon Grayson, Steve Evans, uh, Paul Heckinglottom, Paul Tisdale, uh, and then other ones that always come up when we're looking for a manager, Daryl Clark, Dave Flitcroft. Um, there's got there's quite a few random ones thrown in here as well, uh, such as uh, John Terry, 20 God. to 1, uh, Rich, Richie Wellens, uh, Paul Ince. So you, you've got some actual managers, then you've just got ones that just just you just throw in there for the sake of it. So you're probably looking at your top five. So it's going to be Colwell, Clough, Cook, Murphy or Cowley for me personally. Well, we, we will certainly see. Let's hope it's not Caldwell. I don't think any of us uh, wanna, would, would back that appointment uh, at the moment, judging by the reaction uh, in the comments and, and things like that. Um, let's dive into then um, why exactly it did go wrong um, for Graham Cochran. Keep your comments coming in. Let us know, let us know what you guys think uh, about where it went wrong and sort of uh, and sort of uh, when it started to be to be. Uh, to start unfolding and things like that. Uh, to be honest, I think it, it goes back to the very start for me, Nathan, and and the fact that it felt like a very uninspiring um, appointment in the first place. Yes, he was doing relatively well with uh, Bristol Rovers. You know, he'd, he'd sort of kept them in the division and then pushed them on up to, I believe, they were fourth in League One, riding on a bit of a, a crest of a wave uh, at, at the time. Um, but still, at the time, we were saying, you know, John Dempster, unexpected, inexperienced manager etc etc um, we need an experienced man which ironically we're now saying again but at the very start it, when we had you know a number of names linked with it and we opted for Cochrane, it didn't feel I didn't I certainly didn't feel galvanized no I, I think it was um, you know one of those where you say okay you, you know he's doing well but uh, at the moment but then you you, you read into what a lot of the Bristol Rovers fans were, you know, were saying, and they said that the football wasn't great. But sometimes when you get results, you know, uh, that crosses over that uh, a little bit. But they still said, you know, the football wasn't great, and some of the results were a bit of a fluke. Uh, so you put, you have a little bit of doubts there. Then you've got the, then you look at his sort of uh, his CV and his track record, and you think, well, uh, when we when we're crying out for a bit of experience. He didn't really have that. He had obviously a spell at, uh, you know, Bristol Rovers, which was uh, I don't think it was even a year into that job, was he? And then uh, going back before that, was it a bit of time at Southend? Wasn't yeah, it? as assistant at yeah. Southend. Yeah. Since so, you know, there's there's very very little experience in there. So it was only um he probably only had an extra sort of uh, eight nine ten months on top of sort of uh, John Dempster in an actual managerial role. So um you know there wasn't much improvement in that aspect. So. You know, it was then up to him to come in and uh, and win us over as fans. And I think he came in and, and talked a good game. You know, we and we we wanted to back him. We wanted to uh, give him the trust to to turn us around. And um, you know, the second half of the season, we managed to get a couple of results, which obviously ended up uh, just before the, the season got called off. Anyway, I mean, we were we were basically safe by then. So we've got to give him a yeah. bit of credit. He did do that job that we that he came in to do, but. From then, well, when you put everything as a whole package, it, it simply wasn't good enough. That the football wasn't great. Um, you know, the, the recruitment seems to be okay, but we're still obviously we've got to see how they perform under a different manager now, because we we could still be sitting here in uh, in two, three, four months' time saying actually the recruitment wasn't good. 
because the players clearly aren't good enough because they can't do it under somebody else. So we've still got to wait and find out about on that. It's hard to judge them on nine matches under one manager. Um, yeah, but there's there's a few things in there. I, I don't think um, you can pin it on one one thing when it comes to you know failing in a season. There's, there's normally a you know when there's a disaster, there's normally a few things that uh, take you know cause that disaster to happen, and I think that's what's happened here. One of those things, Cam Felton, was for me uh, in January of uh, last season. Obviously, when a manager comes in. Um, and the the team aren't quite performing. He'll want to naturally ruffle a few feathers and you know try and, and g up the boys and, and take it in a in another direction. But one thing which sort of uh, was highlighted for me, which was highlighted again in in the close season, um, was how he tried to change the squad in January. Uh, obviously, Christian Pierce was was captain at the time. Put him on the transfer list alongside Jacob Mellis. Um, told both they could leave, drop them from from the lineup and, and things like that, uh, and then he did a U-turn um, with Pierce. Obviously, Mellis w- was let go and eventually signed for, for Bolton for a while. Um, did a U-turn with Pierce, who then retained the armband, although lost some of his responsibilities to, to Ryan Sweeney. Um, and for me, that that was a, a big alarm bell ringing because. When you do that, you sort of lose the respect to the players. And I remember there was a bit of an incident with Conrad Logan as well when he just before he was sent out to to Forest Green. That sort of set alarm bells for me ringing that there was a, a bit of a divide in the dressing room. And I think at the time we we sort of addressed it of as of you know players being here too long and that sort of thing. But when you look back now and having spoken to a few people um, behind the scenes, ex players who shall remain nameless, etc., who were very much within that dressing room. Um, you know, it, it sort of transpired a little bit differently, and you know, hindsight's a wonderful thing. But but f- certainly for me then, Cam, that was uh, a big, a big highlight. Yeah, it is, and I think um, Clive sums it up quite well. What went wrong under Graham Cockland? Surely Jamie Maguire will be able to answer that because. I think, yeah, we can only see so much. And I think you could, the only people that are really going to know what actually went wrong are those that have been in the dressing room, in and around the dressing room, those that either are still currently in the dressing room or those that have been that have been shipped out. And it's just one of them things that people don't always work well together. Some people do clash. And, yeah, obviously there was an incident between Logan and him uh, not 100% sure what what really happened there and there's been little comments made on social media by different players or liking things that hint towards specific things and it's just like if you're play, like these are players at the time as well and not just there was these were things going off at the club at the time not just recently so there, there must have been something that happened more than just these ones that we know about. It must have just lost the dressing room completely. And yes, we got results that we needed towards the end of last season to get us to where we needed to be. But it just seems that even this season, he's just got no... He'd got, not, not that he got control of the dressing room, he just not got the respect of the players. And it just didn't seem that they were all working towards the same target as such. Yeah, one of the things as well is, is the tactic the tactics and things like that and uh, I, th- I think it's it's just one of those things isn't it which when you, you look back you sort of um, you sort of highlight a little bit uh, Stephen says wrong appointment inexperience no plan A or B no ideas and no respect uh, Anthony says too many players shown the door too soon um, 
Ian's has definitely been some poor recruitment this season. Uh, let's go to that comment by Anthony there, Nath. Uh, obviously, uh, a lot of players out in the summer. I think we brought in 14 off the top of my head, um, include up, right up to George Lapsley very recently. Um, so obviously a massive overhaul of the squad. And for, for whatever reason, I think we may have made a couple of mistakes in letting a few of those players go. Ala. Hayden White, who no doubt will come back and haunt us on Saturday. Christian Pierce, still a free agent, um, to name but two. <coughs> CJ. <No>. Rosie. <laughs> um, this is a difficult one because we, you know, we 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 all sat here, and I think uh, probably ninety-five percent of the the, the the fan base as well sat here, and actually at the end of the last season, we all said. We need a clear out. We need to get rid of some dead wood. Uh, we need to give the manager a chance to bring in his own players, etc. So, um, you know, it, on that aspect, um, you know, I, I, it's again hindsight is a great thing, and we all want to say, oh, you know, if we kept over, kept kept hold of X, X, and X, would we have uh, would be in a different position now? I still think we've got some good players in that dressing room. You know. I'd, uh, you know, the likes of O'Keefe, who, yes, I mean, he was in a Maxfield side that, well, I say failing Maxfield side, that actually wasn't on the pitch, was he? It was yeah, off, they stayed off the, up. That, 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 that did them in, and uh, he was their best player. And, you know, there's a few, there's, we have brought in some, some decent players, bar one, and you can probably guess who I'm into now. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I just think it's more down to how you're going to get them to play, and, and, and it's a tactical side where I think we've gone wrong. And, and yes, when you bring in fourteen players, you've got to allow them time to gel. And you, Graham Cochran might argue that nine games probably isn't long enough to uh, for them to gel. But at I least by now you'd start seeing some signs of gelling, and we're we're not even getting that. So I don't. Again, I, you know, I, I just I think it's more tactical and not playing the, the the players correctly to get the best out of their ability than necessarily bringing in the wrong players. Uh, Michael says this season unlucky to lose a leading Ollie Clark and Joe Riley and uh, losing CJ's pace and Rose to the mix. These players would, I believe, have made a huge difference. Obviously, also you add on top of that, Cam, uh, COVID with uh, Mal. Uh, Corey O'Keefe and obviously Ryan Sweeney yesterday um, as well. I think this time, obviously, when John Dempster left, we were talking obviously about players who had been here for uh, two or three seasons and trying to, you know, add to that and sort of bolster that a little bit and sort of relight the fire a little bit. This season, I don't think you can argue that whoever comes into this job has not got a talented group of players because they have. You've got the likes of. George Maris, one of the best ball players in, in League Two. I think I should get that on a T-shirt. I seem to say, say that every day. Uh, George Lapsley as well, who's I know who's on loan. Um, we've we've got a good core of players. It would just take a manager to motivate them, to coach them in in the right way, to set up differently because clearly it's not been uh, been working. For Christ's sake, we played seven across midfield in one game, and that says it all. And we were still shit. Poor. Sorry. I wasn't quick enough. <laughs> uh, it's it's frustrating because, yes, we have got... Compared to last season, we've got such a good squad. And we can see the talent that the players really have got. And we just it's just not working. And then when you finally think that things are going well, we get a decent nil-nil draw <laughs> at Cheltenham where we don't actually play poorly. We actually play quite well. We just don't get the goals. And then 
two is tonight. He makes a couple of changes. One's enforced, one isn't, and we just fall to pieces. It's just not... I don't even think it falls down to the players because it's just that we look so... We just look so flat-footed. There was just no way forward. And I think, yet again, yes, it was a, a tenth-minute goal, but it was still conceding early-ish. And it's them sort of things that just... If it wasn't for the early goals, we'd be doing all right. We, we just... Because, like, in the Bradford game, for example, we get a couple of decent chances um, that we don't take. Uh, Morecambe's another one where we've had, we just don't take his chances. Uh, Cheltenham, another one, we don't take chances. But that's about the only one we haven't conceded an early goal in. So why, what, what's what's Graham's idea? What was Graham's idea just to keep changing the squad week in week out? Yeah, there was no tactical nous there, and I think you know it, it said it a few times. I think um, it, it says it all like yesterday, Nath, where we go two 0 down, change to four four two or a, a back four at least, we get ourselves back in the game. Yeah, and uh, we, we we saw some glimmers of uh, of things improving a, a tiny bit. Uh, again, when we, we we changed the formation, but then for for some reason he wanted to, he felt like he wanted to go back to uh, you know to what he started out at, where which which hadn't worked before. So um, I think that's was part of the problem. It kind of stuck in his ways that with that formation and and stuck in his ways of one. It's just lump it long, you know, up up to Cook or. Even even playing that when we had Maynard and Reed up front when you didn't have a target man. So, you know, it, this is what I mean by you know you can have your your ball players like Maris and and Charlesley uh, etc in the midfield, but if you're not going to get them on the ball and you're not going to have a bit of uh, you know movement to uh, you know you pass a move and things like you're not going to get the best out of talented players. And I think that's where this is where and I, I'm I'm. Uh, Sorry to, to bring it up, but this is why even though we technically failed twice under Flipcraft, I will still or I, I I still enjoyed those seasons because although we didn't win every game, you know, and and we failed at the end, at least we played a lot of the time decent football. At least we tried to do the right things. We got on the ball, passed and moved, and you know, the, I'm not saying it was perfect because we all know we made subs wrong, etc. But yeah. At least we were trying to do the right things, and it was entertaining. That's what you know. As a Mansfield Town fan, I can't. Or as a football fan, I can't. I just want to be entertained. If it means we don't get promotion, but we just missed out, at least I'm feeling like coming back at the end of a match and feeling like I've been entertained and I've got my money's worth of, uh, you know, of, of ninety minutes there. But we're not we're under what we've had for the last two seasons. It's bad results, but nothing either to entertain us and that's what's frustrating like can we at least get a bit of enjoyment back into into the football club and and that's the the key thing really it's that enjoyment of watching it but it, it's like you mentioned there's a reason the players played the way they did um not just under Flickcroft, maybe under evans as well and that's man management getting your arm around a player getting the best out of your player and then utilizing those players in a system which you know can be effective in this league and then gain momentum. And that's the critical thing. If I'm putting together, and we will look at some of the candidates, um, some of the more higher name candidates as well, um, and there's a reason for it later on. But if we're putting together a checklist cam of um, attributes we want from the new manager, naturally we're looking at promotions and experience, but what we want is 
a good man management, good management, good man management skills, and first and foremost, a good coach. Yeah, and I think uh, just a couple of uh, one man that springs to mind is Steve Evans. Yes, we've all got a bugbears with him, but what he did for Danny Rose and CJ Hamilton, unreal was unbelievable just changed their game completely and it's it's made them the players that they are now and we've actually benefited benefited from them but it's that sort of style that we're just just getting hands-on and really getting involved with the players because we've got my like graham cochran very much was i'm not saying absent in the dressing room but he was it just felt like he wasn't part of the dressing room he was the manager well there wasn't, wasn't there wasn't the a, there wasn't a lot of touchline action either there wasn't a lot of instruction it almost it always seemed you know arms folded you know like they were chewing a wasp at some at some point both from him both and his assistant yeah and i think we were guilty of that a bit under john dempster as well and it just seems that everything was done in the dressing room and when we needed to change change things in games it just didn't happen and i think uh just for example you look at someone like paul cook danny cowley over the years that we have seen Obviously, Cook was at Chesterfield and Portsmouth. Well, yeah, word. I know. Stop. Sorry. Sorry for swearing. <laughs> but you just see how animated they are on the touchline and getting players going and, and changing things when it needs to be changed. And it was just, we looked so reluctant, hesitant, and, and then the, the just play just drops dead and there's no hunger and no desire because the players just, where, where did they get the direction from? And especially when we've not really got that that leadership on the field as well, that that man that is the the, the captain, it, 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 we just seem lost. And I think that that's key as well. What a lot of people perhaps have maybe, you know, gone over or, or sort of glossed over, that's the word I was looking for, glossed over, is the fact that this season's squad is actually a very young and in some areas, Nath, inexperienced squad. And, and what young, inexperienced players need, other than the obvious game time, is a man manager, a man to get you know get their arm around them and get them playing. Yeah, there's there's, there's sort of two aspects, isn't there? I like, say the 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 man management in the ninety minutes of the, of the football match, especially in a situation where things aren't going right, which is uh, you know which has been ninety nine point five percent of our season. Uh, so you kind of want a bit of leadership on the on the touchline at that point, especially the young lads, but. I also think on the training pitch and obviously whatever we've been working on in training has clearly not been good enough. Um, you know, he might have done a, a decent job in the in, in pre-season of, of getting them fit, but that's only uh, that's only a certain percentage of the, of the job. They've then got to go out there and, and, and set up right for, for matches tactically and uh, evidently they haven't had enough um, guidance from that. And whether that's been Graham's job or somebody else's job, somebody's not been doing that job properly. Absolutely. Let's go back to a few more of the comments. Uh, keep them coming in tonight. Really want to hear your thoughts. Danny says or asks, "Do you think after the Evans, after Evans, the Radfords will sign another big name manager after being shafted by Evans?" Personally, I think um, a we did in Flickcroft because I would argue that he had championship experience and had a promotion to his name uh, as well, and was pretty much on course to take Swindon uh, the same way. Um, however. Um, to answer your question, I think yes, we would because they will have learned from that. Um, we've we've had three managers since then. They'll have certainly learned the lesson from that, and they'll protect themselves by putting in, you know, bigger clauses for um, for compensation and things like that. It's 
football's a definite definite learning game we we and they will know that they cannot you know own a club and, and take a club forward by being hesitant towards bringing in bigger names because clearly bringing in smaller names also hasn't worked it's a results-based business yes but it's also probably one of the biggest roulette wheels out there is football management and football ownership so i certainly personally certainly don't think and um, that they'd be put off by that uh ian says that pierce was definitely a common influence at the back and we do miss him lots of people talking about him um as well um uh, people mentioning about if Clough got the job, would it be worth trying to get Tyler Walker back on loan? On loan, can't get a, in a game at Coventry at the moment. Uh, sensible, uh, a different question from uh, Gary, uh, who says, "What formation suits our current players the best?" In my opinion, I think it's a flat back four, uh, and then a variation between a four-two-three-one and a, uh, an outright four-three-three. Cam, yeah, uh, yeah, pretty much the same, and I think. Uh, there's a couple of games where you'd probably say four four two is the way to go, and it just seems that we we don't we don't like that. And well, Graham didn't like that, but uh, just wait and see, I guess. Uh, I think we have got the players to play attacking football, so we can't go too defensive, uh, playing five across the back and whatever. But if we're going to play five across the back, then at least let your wingers get forward and and instead of just holding them back constantly. Absolutely, Nath. What about you? What if you were the new man in charge? What would you be? Uh, what would you be doing to galvanise us? I'd be. I'd be starting off with uh, with like we take, like we say, back to basics. Go the four four two or uh, something similar. But I think if we can start getting the players a bit more comfortable on the ball and able to keep possession a little bit and to play a bit more expansive, then you know the three five two could work with with your wingers pushing on more, but. It's, it's, it, we've got to be more positive and we've got to be in more control on the ball. And until you're able to do that, I think this is the issue with the 3-5-2. The, the and I think when it's negative and when you're against the cross, that's when you end up dropping back and it is more of a, a five or it feels like a six at times and things like that, you know, at, at the back. And that's the problem. Because we're losing the ball every single time we've got it. We're just basically lumping it long and, get, and, and the, the, the opposition retain it. So I think that can only come when you're starting to play well and perform well and, and keep the ball and, and actually threaten with it. That That's the, the difference for me. So start off with something basic with the 4-4-2s, etc. And then hopefully build as a, as a confidence builds within the team. Absolutely. Uh, keep your comments uh, coming in. Jamie says, I loved his, Graham Cochran's comment when that we'd laid a ghost to rest after the Stevenage game. That did it for me. Um, talking about the difference in managers, uh, Stag's chat says, Evans had and did us over by moving. Flickcroft had it but missed out at the end. Graham just didn't have the dressing room. He'd lost them. Uh, Ryan says, under Steve Evans, he also got the fans rocking and the stadium home and away. Um Ian says, yeah, I always keep going back to Evan Scruner's over. Wonder where we'd be now had he stayed. Certainly League One, in my opinion. Um, I think he, he should have uh, stayed until the end of the season. If he'd have moved on and said, look, lads, Peterborough's come up. Um, Peterborough's my club. Um, I want to move to them. If, but I'm, I'm going to finish the job here and move at the end of the season. Like we've said numerous times, I don't think any of us would have had a problem. Um, Lee says, I'd rather give it Maguire and Bishop for the season than give it Gary Caldwell. Um, Clive says, Clough isn't a touchline shouter type manager. Correct, he's not. And, to, and I know that's sort of contradicting me slightly, contradicting myself a little bit. Uh, but that said, 
it's all about your backroom team as well. So, you know, he's a, an experienced manager bringing maybe a younger, slightly more inexperienced assistant manager who is a little bit more vocal, who is a, an excellent coach, um, who's passionate for the club, Adam Murray, um, and, you know, train him up. And there you go. You've got your next manager in line uh, as well. Um, Gary says, every new manager upon arrival says that he's taken over an unfit squad. Are they... Or is it a way of buying time? A little bit of both, really. Uh, it's media trickery, isn't it? Um, it's a good way to get fans on your side and sort of buy yourself a little bit of time. Um, whether it'll work this time around or not, I think we just need a, a manager to come in and say, look, basically we've been for the past nine games and I'm going to get into them and get them playing. There's, and the that... thing is, after every match, I don't think anyone either ourselves or any of the any of the comments have said the players look unfit. So, um, whereas last season, everyone was saying that. So, you can kind of understand Graham coming in and saying that is the case, because I, I believed him, but I don't think the new manager would have that excuse right now, because it doesn't show like they're unfit. No, it doesn't. I think they're a fit bunch. I think it's just not clicking, and, and it's just been a, a yeah. tactical thing. And obviously, you know, you've got other players in there still to, to come back and fire in the mix. And if we'd have not sent them out, we would have had the, the younger pros... Uh, backing that up, uh, backing that up as well. Um, Lee says Caldwell or Derry would be eat, sleep, repeat for me. Um, it's got to be Cook's job to turn down. Uh, Callum says Hart says Flickcroft, Head says Clough or Cook, a difficult one. Uh, Daniel says what about Eddie Howe? I know he'd be expensive, but has the lower league experience. Uh, Gary says every one of our players looks to get rid of the ball as quickly as possible. None of them wanted it. Well, it will be very difficult, uh, very different, I imagine, under. Um, uh, very difficult under uh, in new circumstances, very different in new circumstances. Um, Kevin says, what about Richie Barker? I would love to see Richie Barker at the club, but he's at Rotherham as assistant. It's his club, and I don't think there's a cat in hell's chance, Cam, of getting him back and prizing him here at all. I'd love it, but I doubt it. Yeah, I don't I don't think it'd be worth it. As uh, I think it'd be great. Yeah, it would be great to see him back and... Um, We'll always remember Legends Live. Yes. Uh, Watch it on our but, website right now, mansfieldmtfcmatters.co.uk. Yeah, great stories on there. But um, yeah, I, I also Rotherham being championship now. Yep. I think the championship, so it'd, be, it'd cost a fair whack as well. And then it'd be like, well, who would you get as an assistant or whatever? Or would you keep Jammer? Or There's too many ifs and buts. I think you've got to go with someone that's, yes, he's... Um, Bark has, has done it at Rotherham, but he's he was he's a number two. So would he would he have the, the credentials and, and and the and the the hunger and desire to to go forward as a as a manager? Absolutely, yeah. I think it'd be, I think personally that would be risky. And I, like I said, I don't see uh, us tempting him from from Rotherham if he was unemployed. Um, I think we would certainly be interviewing him. I know we have interviewed him in the past um, for the manager's job uh, as well. Uh, Clive says, Craig, does the manager have to bring his own bell? No, but he has to bring, bring a great word like galvanised, toxicity or solidified. Yeah? No, I, I disagree. I did, when the, one of the interviews, I think Graham said galvanised and it, just, it felt wrong. Oh, I've dropped I... the bell now as well. I've hit it too hard. It's got, the bell's gone, <laughs> lads. The bell's gone. Shocking. I just get it. <laughs> Oh, fair enough. Uh, I think uh, now we're just getting ridiculous. I think uh, Danny in the comments, could we tempt Greenacre back from Australia? (laughs) Nathan Nathan is offering to pay for his flights. I'd go 
catch it myself, to be fair. I know you would. Even if I have to quarantine for two weeks at the end of it, I'll do it. Absolutely. Uh, John says Richie Barker and Chris Greenacre as a pair. Oh, dear, oh, dear, oh, dear. Uh, Well, uh, Joe says cook for me. I just don't think he would come here. Clough didn't uh, didn't follow his style of... of, uh, Clough didn't follow his style of play, hoof or football. Um... Danny says, unpopular opinion, but it never sat easy having Evans and his uh, escapades at Boston uh, United. I'd happily have Cox and Murray until the end of the season if we can't get uh, Cook or Clough instead of Derry or Cordwell. Obviously, Coxie employed at the moment at Kettering. Um, it would be be great to see him back one day, but I don't think he is a football league manager. I think he would happily uh, and openly admit that himself. Adam Murray, though, on the other hand, there's another name for another day. Um, I think it's about prime time, gents, that we had a little look uh, at some of the candidates. Now, um, there's a few things that I want to sort of um, uh, say before uh, we do that. And I think uh, a lot of it boils down to uh, the names we've we've put on here. Obviously, you know, you'll, you'll be able to see on the screen uh, at the moment the, uh, the image um, which we started the show with. Um, three names in Clough, Cowley uh, and Johnson and we had other uh, in there as well. Uh, but also, um, I've put a couple of names in there and I know that a lot of these are going to be sort of, um, you know, maybe higher names and, and things like that, which is something to uh, to, to bear in mind. But I'm pure, I've purely based this and I've purely based this selection um, mainly um, on us going for it a little bit. I think, you know, the Radfords will want an experienced manager. All of the ones which I've picked um, and names which have been banded about over the last 24 hours, they're all experienced managers. Uh, they're all um, managers who have got promotions, uh, etc., on their um, on their CV as well. Um, and have all sort of done something. So uh, that's a big reason why I've, I've chosen them. Um, as well, so it'll be interesting to see your views on that. Cam, if you were to pick cre- uh, three credentials for uh, a manager um, and, and what that manager should be, uh, what would those credentials be? What would you be picking? What would uh, be on your must list? Attractive football. That'd be one. Um, I think being a good people person is another and I think being wise with money is another one because I think when it comes to recruitment I think being realistic on who you want and and what you're going to be able to get is is going to be important because I think at some some stages over the last few years we've spent for the sake of spending yeah we we certainly have um I have to admit there are a few of these um which I have put uh, in here are um, are ones which we would have to spend a little bit of money on. Uh, so please do bear that in mind. Although I'll give my reasons, etc., for for choosing them. Nathan, if you could pick uh, three credentials which Cam um, hasn't picked, what would they be? That he hasn't picked. I mean, cause I, 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 if you I'm or if you agree with you, if you if you agree with them, then fair enough. Then I mean, yeah. Well, the entertaining football for me, I I, I just it just makes a big difference. Even if you don't necessarily win every game, I think it. It at least gives you a bit of hope every time. So, um, yeah, a bit more of an attractive football style. Attractive footballing style would be nice. Um, I agree with Cam as well on the financial management. You know, although uh, Steve Evans almost got us there, we all know that if anybody was throwing money about, especially to, to agents, etc., he was uh, the man. And I just think I'd rather see us be a bit more uh, sustainable as a football club. 
Um, and a third I'd put in there, uh, just somebody that's really going to give the youth a go. You know, we we keep talking about how much we've thrown into, uh, you know, we've put into our, uh, you know, academy, academies, etc. And we keep getting glimpses of young players that, you know, get a few minutes here, here and there, but we never really get to see them have a proper go, have a proper chance. So, and I know that's always that's easier said than done because we we've just we just sacked another manager and it's a results games business and there's a risk we're putting youth in there. But I would just I just want to see something where we can just even if it's one player just trust it a bit more and, and give them more time. So want to focus a bit more on youth as well. Well, let's have a little look at then some of these candidates uh, which I've picked. Let us know if you agree or disagree and I'll explain some of my reasons for it as well. We'll also have a little bit of com- uh, a conversation about one man who does uh, pop up in there at, uh, at one stage as well. Let's have a little look then through uh, the Mansfield Matters candidates for the, uh, managers, uh, the manager's job. Let's have a little look at uh, who will come up first. Any guesses on who's going to come up first? Uh, Paul Cook. Let's have a little look. Nigel Clough is the the first man uh, on the list. Now, for me, he's uh, fav- he would be favourite for me. Uh, obviously, uh, experienced manager out of work at the moment. He has promotions. He has individual feats. He's done so many things uh, as a manager. And for me, Nath, he is um, the experienced head, which we've been lacking for many years. I agree. Uh, at the moment, he's, he is number one on my list. Um, I just think uh, I think I think he's from right as well. He's got a bit of a track record of bringing in young players as well. Um, you know, I I do fancy. Uh, Absolutely. Uh, obviously, uh, one promotion with Burton um, in uh, League One. Obviously, took him up all the way through the non-league as well. And most importantly, can one of um, Nigel Clough's key attributes for me. Is longevity? Yeah, it's um, obviously he stuck by them when it when it was difficult, and I think they put in some decent performances whenever we did play them back in uh, back in the conference days. And uh, yeah, I think going forward that would be a decent appointment. I think it would get the best out of the players, and I think maybe give youth a little bit more of a chance. And it, it might maybe see the club more as a long-term project rather than just a, a few years like some managers would. Obviously, two spells at Burton. One of them, of course, not shown on screen because it was the, the non-league days for them, but certainly in the Football League experience there. Uh, 233 games at Derby with a win percentage of 33.5. Same with Sheffield United, 104 games there, 47.1% win ratio. And then the second spell at Burton, which he cut short uh, in the summer due to uh, COVID. 228 games, uh, 34.2% win ratio, uh, 36.3% win ratio overall. Let's have a look at our next candidate, Danny Cowley. I think this one's a little bit of a, an optimistic one um, for me, Cam, but he's a name, albeit, who has been um, linked with us um, a, a couple of times and uh, certainly is, is in the running for uh, for this job, having been unemployed after that yeah, spell at Huddersfield. Yeah, and it, it would be a decent wage between him and and, and um, Nicky Cowley as well obviously we'd have to bring his brother along as assistant um, it, it would be a, a decent appointment obviously we've seen yes Lincoln didn't play the, the, the most attractive football but they played football that, uh, that won them games and, and they did a fantastic job and 
Uh, they were just very unlucky at Huddersfield. I think they it just didn't quite work out whether it was the players or whatever. But um, definitely a manager that could win his games and, and, and get us to where we want to be, which is, uh, firstly, away from the bottom of League 2. Uh, but secondly, a being able to get players playing good football and, and football that's going to win his games. And again, Nath is another manager who has that keyword longevity. You look at, you know, 381 games in charge of Concord, really cutting his teeth. Uh, 53 games at Braintree, a season there before the opportunity uh, at Lincoln. 184 games, taking them uh, from non-league all the way through to the Football League with some excellent FA Cup uh, performances in there as well. Uh, and then obviously 40 game spell in charge at Huddersfield. Perhaps didn't end how he would have wanted it to. A few disagreements with the board, etc. about uh, bringing in uh, English players and, and foreign players and, and things like that. But certainly one who has uh, got proven time at spending a job and also ticks another box which we mentioned earlier that of being a good coach yeah um <laughs> to be honest if i'm going to be completely honest with you and everyone I, for me it's a, it's a no um although you know it's not the end of the world if he did come in it certainly beats uh, beats cardwell i think it's unlikely to get them in and obviously as we've mentioned it's probably not going to be the cheapest option um but i don't know i just got this feeling with them it's at Lincoln, it I feel like it just clicked and yeah, and 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 it, and it worked for them. But I just don't think that's a guarantee it's going to happen here. I, I think it's um, you know, I mean they had Matt Reed in the team, so obviously going to be successful. <laughs> but you know, he's 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 not uh he's not quite lead two anymore now. So um, I don't know. I've just something about that. You know, Danny Cowell is. I, I don't know. I just don't have 100% confidence in that one. I think the thing for me is like, well, like Clive says, that I've included him because he was in, you know, when I was putting this together, he was in the front runners uh, for doing it and with his experience, etc., promotions and what have you. But like Clive says, um, 1.75 million a year at Huddersfield, which says a lot. Uh, our next candidate in this little one is Lee Johnson. This one's a bit of a curveball from me. Um, again, spent a lot of time in, in a job. Um, his individual honours, you know, he has won uh, League One Manager of the Month. He's, he's won Championship Manager of the Month. Um, he's just one of those managers who has spent a long time in a job, whether he's, you know, won promotions and things like that. In maybe not as much as the other candidates we've mentioned so far. 103 games at Oldham, 35% um, win ratio there. Uh, did well at Barnsley at a spell as well. Uh, 20 wins from 51 games, 39.2%. Uh, and then uh, 217 games uh, at Bristol City, 38.7% uh, win ratio, 84 victories uh, there. Really sort of helped transform uh, Bristol City as well, Cam. And uh, younger manager, but experienced again, long time at, long time at a club. Bit of an indifferent name, a bit of a different name to put in the mixer. Yeah, it is, and I think one game that always springs to mind when I think Lee Johnson and Bristol City is that that game that they play against Manchester United, a fantastic result for them. Uh, some really good football, and they've been pushing up towards, uh, well, well, more towards the playoffs in the Championship for the last few seasons. Uh, yes, they thought it was time for a change, but I think it'd be a, a decent appointment experience at this level. Yes, um, with Oldham, and it. it well, well, lower league football um, but maybe not necessarily a, a, a good team like us well a better playing squad as us so I think if we can get 
get the players played in, in the style of football he likes to play, then I think it, it, that's another one that is definitely worth keeping an eye on. Now, let's have a look at one of the uh, front runners uh, for the job. Uh, pictured there with David Sharp on screen, Paul Cook. Um, numerous honours um, to his name. Um, UEFA Cup uh, qualification in one of his first jobs at Slilgar Rovers. Um, two-time League Two title winner with the Seaword and Portsmouth. A League One winner with Wigan um, as well. The connections obviously there with, with Sharp Nathan. You know, even though he has managed the Seaword, um, we could forgive him for that purely based on what he has achieved in his CV and, and the promise and and everything which would uh, which would come along with that. I mean, if he, if he came to us and, uh, and managed to do the same, then it certainly is forgiven, uh, as far as I'm concerned. But um, I, I, usually, I'd be saying there's there's no chance we'd we'd probably get him. But the fact that that connection's there, and obviously he's out of a job, it just makes you wonder: is it possible? And uh, you know, get attractive football. Um, you know, I'm not quite sure on his record. Maybe of bringing you through, but you know, the one thing it is quite clear to see is that he has a record of um you know getting results so i'd be pretty happy with that yeah 43.1 percent win ratio of his entire managerial uh career cam uh cut his teeth at, at southport then managed the uh, Stiogo rovers uh, over in ireland of course uh, Accrington Stanley, short spell with them. The C word, Portsmouth and then Wigan. Again, another manager who his last three jobs, he's managed over 100 games for them. Again, longevity, experienced man, will no doubt know the low, knows the lower leagues inside out, knows David Sharp. Would be a great appointment and a real statement of intent. Yeah, and I think uh, I was talking to Morgan, my flatmate, Portsmouth, Portsmouth supporter, and he, he loved he, he liked Paul Cook. He thought he was a good manager, and I think um, when you look at managers and you look at, um, especially past clubs, it's like when the manager holds a high opinion of a club and the fans hold the manager in a high opinion, it's it's always a good thing because you know you're on to something, hopefully something good. But I think Paul Cook more than speaks for himself what he's done, uh, especially more more with the the C word and, and Portsmouth getting him out of League Two, um, playing decent football. Yes, it um, yes it was with the C word, but it was still good football. And it, you don't have to like hold a grudge against someone just because they've got a former manager of a, a specific club. I think it'd be a fantastic appointment uh, for the club, and I think that's by far my favourite keep your comments uh, coming in Jamie says I just want a manager who can settle the ship and put some confidence into the team i.e. an experienced manager uh, Mark says Coldwell made a pig's ear of Chesterfield job no better than the last two managers we've had in my opinion uh, Danny says if we're going big and going for and going for it what about Big Sam never been relegated only England manager with a 100% win ratio uh, and he didn't he start off at county yes he did in, indeed Mark says don't waste the chance to appoint with uh, export don't waste the chance to appoint experience with credentials um, Danny is asking people in the comments would anyone have Keith Curl back um, I don't th this is the thing for me at the minute this is why I've chosen who I've chosen at the moment every manager that I've chosen at the moment is out of work one thing we should not be doing with the amount of managers out of work with the experience uh, and credentials they have is paying compensation uh, to bring somebody else in um, Lee says Danny Cowley would be a long term project with many lows before the highs our fan base like Lincoln's did what 
uh, did what would we need to get on board and stick and stick with it. We'd have to get on board and stick with it. Um, so a lot of people talking about that as well. Lee says, any manager that comes in and shows Bowery and Ross in the door will instantly get my full support. Laura says, I want Paul Cook. Um, Danny says, surely if Clough is possible, then Cook must be too. I'd say Clough is a bigger name and had longer in the championship. Lee says, I personally don't see why we can't get the likes of Cook when we got Evan, who's, whose last job before us, of course, was Leeds. Uh, so keep your comments coming in on that. Right, time for a controversial slide. And I mean... Uh, controversial. Let's have a look at this. Let's have a look at this one. Here it is! Keith Hill and David Flickcroft. Now, hear me out on this uh, ever so slightly. Um, Keith Hill and David Flickcroft. The reason that I've put these two on there is mainly for Keith Hill. Let me get this straight, and I'm sure um, you guys will back me up. Appointing David Flickcroft as the next Mansfield Town manager to succeed Graham Coughlin would be, in my opinion, a sideways step for a couple of reasons. Number one, um, there would be far too much expectation and pressure from day one. Not even day one, from second one. Number two, um, it's a completely different squad to the one which he had when he was manager. Number three, it's too soon. Appointing Keith Hill would bring Flickcroft as assistant. I'm sure it would. It, you know, 90% of the jobs that Keith Hill has had, David Flickcroft has been uh, his assistant. We always said, didn't we, Cam, that Flickcroft was a fantastic coach, yes or no? Sorry, my headphones cut out halfway through. You're an idiot. <laughs> Nathan, did you, did you hear the question, Nathan? I heard it, yeah. You answer it, because I'm, I'm, I'm done with Cam now. Sorry, my headphones broke. Uh, yeah, 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 no, we, you did. We did. Yeah, absolutely. And I think what's needed right now is uh, someone to come in and coach the players. And we often said, didn't we, Cam, during, uh, especially towards the back end of the tenure, that sometimes, you know, we've we've got a lovely bloke in charge, um, but he's more suited to a, a coaching slash assistant role. Yeah, and I think um, <laughs> had we have given Dave more time, I think we'd have got to where we wanted to be. But I think obviously the the, the change maybe was needed. Uh, just to keep us going forward, which actually sent us about 10 steps backwards. But um, I, I think Keith Hill would be a decent appointment. Obviously, yes, he would bring Dave with him, but I think it, it'd be... I don't see a negative to that as, as an assistant. If no. it was the other way around with Flickcroft as number one and Hill as number two, that wouldn't work. Yeah, exactly. I'll say good good relationship with the board, uh, a good relation, uh, hopefully a good relationship with the players that are left here. But... Um, uh, a decent relationship with the the coaching staff that are still here, your your, your Coops, Whitlows, and uh, and Maguire's as well. So it, it'd just be a, a good step, a good starting point, uh, and there'd be no no bad, no hard feelings um, going forward. And I think, yeah, yes, it maybe would be a risk to bring Dave back in any shape, way, or form because some fans are very negative towards him but yeah. if if he came back as assistant coach and uh, with Keith Hill and, and they started winning games then I wouldn't care absolutely it, it, it'd just be it'd just be another step forward for us and what I've put on screen Nate is the comparison sort of um between the two and let's start with, with Keith Hill you know we, we were talking in the other managers about their credentials in terms of promotion and managing in league two and again longevity within a job 
Keithill ticks all of those boxes. Two-time promotion winner um, with Rochdale. Also a playoff final with playoff finalist with them as well. Experience at a higher level, obviously with Barnsley keeping them in the championship. Had a bit of a spell last year at Bolton and although they had all the points reductions, they were still relatively in, in decent form and many people sort of said that both of them were unlucky to be sacked and had they stayed, they may well have taken uh, taken Bolton uh, straight back up. So if you look at Keith Hill on his own, his credentials, um, they tick the boxes just as much as Clough, Cook, Cowley, etc., etc. Yes, uh, I don't think he's quite the uh, sort of marquee name as the as the others, but um, you know, with that, there's probably the more more chance of getting him for for a reasonable wage as well. Uh, yeah. So you've got that aspect. Um, you know, and I I wouldn't be disappointed with that with that appointment. Uh, to be honest, I'd I'd still rather. You know, there's still names above him in the list, but if it did come down to it, and and he, he, uh, you know, they always turned down the offer, you know, and and he was what was next, then um, then I, I wouldn't be overly disappointed. Thirty-eight point three percent overall uh, win ratio as well has uh, Keith Hill, and then you add that to to Flickcroft stats as well. League Two promotion winner with Berry obviously took us to the uh, playoff semi-finals uh, as well. Kept Barnsley in the championship as well, in it under his own. Uh, steam as he was cutting his teeth as well 40% uh, 40.1% win ratio as well and also got uh, good statistics uh, at at the Stags uh, as well so those two you know they've worked together for a long time and one thing we've not mentioned as much is uh, tonight is is the fact that um, the assistant is just as important Nath as uh, the number one it's all about your backroom team yeah which is it would be it would be really weird wouldn't it to have if if that if those two did come in and Dave was the the, the assistant manager, um, whether he would actually want to do that, I'm not so sure. It, it would be a bit strange. Um, and as, and uh, you know, as we sort of slightly mentioned earlier, as as much as I loved the season under him, I don't think I'd have him back as manager either. Simply because I just think there's there's already too many people against him, so it it he'd have an uphill battle. To start off with, so it'd be, it would be it would be strange, but um, you, you, if he was uh, you know willing to go in for that role, then um, you know at least he does know the know the club a little bit, and they they, they both seem to work well together. So um, you know, like I said, that they wouldn't be my my number one option, but I wouldn't be disappointed if uh, if they were the ones that were to come in. Right, I'm going to uh, pin you for a name now. Um of who you do want to uh, come in. Obviously, lots of people had their uh, had their say in the comments and have certainly done so. We'll go through uh, a couple of those in a minute. We're going to wrap it up in the next couple of minutes uh, or so as well. Um, we've been on for over an hour so far tonight. I love a manager special. It's always great, always great we're value. <laughs> you what, Nate? We've had too many of these. That's the problem. We have. That absolutely is the problem. Uh, right then, uh, Cam, give me your, your first and foremost... Um, I'll ask you for two top threes. The first one is your ideal top three, and then the second one, your realistic top three. Off you go. Uh, I'd probably say Paul Cook, Nigel Clough, and probably Graham Alexander. Uh, I think realistically, it's going to be Cook, Clough, or... Uh, or Cowley maybe 
Nath, give me your top three. Let's start with your um, ideal top three. Top three is... Um, I'm, I'm going to slightly change, I think. I, I was saying Clough, but I think I'm going to go for Cook. I'm going to go Cook, Clough, and... Um, I mean, I'm a first, to be honest. It's kind of those two for me that I want... I'd really want to get to get a job, and my, realistically, I, mean, I don't think Kyle is that realistic, so I'm just going to keep them out of that anyway. Um, I think they're both relatively realistic. Um, you could probably throw, uh, you know, Hill in there as well, I guess, as, as a realistic option. I think mine would be uh, ideal top three uh, would be Clough. Followed by Cook, and then number three, controversial in some people's opinion because obviously he was the manager of MK Dons. Um, Paul Tisdale um, would yeah. be num number three uh, for me. Uh, again, another promotion winner, longevity in a job, had ages at Exeter, really built them up and really transformed their club, and was perhaps a tad unfortunate actually to be sacked by uh, MK Franchise. So uh, he's available at the moment as well. Uh, realistically, um, I think a realistic top three is Clough, um, Graham Alexander, and Paul Tisdale. I think he will be in a. Re I think he is a realistic proposition uh, for for this level as well. Who it will be though, who knows? We will wait and see. But we do know for now that um, it's going to be uh, Richard Cooper in caretaker charge as the Stags face Warsaw on Saturday. One thing I think we can all agree on, though, is the fact that we, we shouldn't be going out and paying compensation for a manager at this moment, Cam. No, definitely not. And especially when you've got someone like Paul Cook, Nigel Clough, Danny Cowley, uh, they're all out of work. So why would you go poach another manager off someone else when you've got three three fantastic managers uh, Un un unattached at the minute. Obviously, uh, you know, we've announced uh, Richard Cooper as caretaker manager, Nath, for now. Should he take charge on Saturday or would you like to see an appointment before then? I'd like to see an appointment be before that. Well, I'm saying that. I mean, we, we, have, we have said, you know, that the maybe they should take their time on this. So I guess maybe maybe not. Because uh, even if someone did come in, I'd still expect uh, uh, Cooper to, to take the match on Saturday because at the end of the day, whoever comes in now, they've not really had any time to, to work with the squad. So it would be more of an opportunity for them to sit in the stands, uh, finally get someone sat in the stands anyway, uh, and, uh, and and sort of, uh, you know, watch over and see and, and take uh, take a lot in from that. So I think whatever happens, uh, Cooper will be in charge. I think that's why they've announced it as well, to be fair. So we know what to expect for Saturday. Um, and although, you know, I mean, uh, a manager coming in... Uh, we, we we can take time. We should take time. At the same time, there's already because there's so many people out there that are un, that are unattached and available. Then let's not take too long about it because that's not we don't want them to be uh, snapped up either. No, it's it, it's about getting the balance right. For me, I would certainly look uh, at uh, giving um, giving Richard Cooper Saturday's game against Warsaw. Uh, then obviously, you know, we've got a full week of we've got a week before our next game after that. Uh, Bolton on the third. Uh, that's the mid. That's nope. the midweek game, isn't it? So we, you know, we play Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday, Tuesday again, isn't it? Because we've got the uh, the game in the uh, the dead game, in the uh, the Papa John's Trophy as it as it is now. Um, so uh, another chance to catch a slice of the action. 
Thank you. Um, I, I'd be looking. Uh, I'd be looking at, at giving Cooper the next two games, possibly the next three if it, it's going well. Let's do a proper interview process. Let's sit down with these targets. Let's find out what you know what their ambitions are. Let's uh, invite a couple of them to a game. Let them assess it. Give their assessment on it, and uh, and pick the right candidate because jumping in early, I think, has certainly cost us uh, a couple of times. Um, so I think we now just need to take our time. You know, we're at an early stage of the season still, early enough to not let it affect us too much in terms of having a caretaker in charge. So let's just take our time a little bit and then ultimately appoint Nigel Clough. <laughs> it's not. I mean, it's not like they can come in and make any signings, is there anything, is there as well? Only so, free agents, yeah. yeah. There's, 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 yeah, exactly. So there's, there's not really a transfer window either. So, um, yeah, we, we, I think we can afford to give it a couple of weeks uh, and hopefully uh, you know Cooper's going to make some changes himself you know see, see what he can do hopefully he can get the players at least uh, put in a bit more of a performance in over the in the meantime and hopefully get some more points on the board just to keep us a bit more uh, settled because I mean if we go out on Saturday <laughs> and lose again I think we'll all be thinking you know we might change our minds a bit and we're saying let's get someone in now just for for a reaction so uh, so Cooper can do the do the job for the meantime. Well, he's certainly. Should we be... take bet... Should we on. take bets on Saturday? Uh, Jamie Maguire, centre back. <laughs> centre mid. I'd play him centre mid. Play a play a play a coach. Um, I was just going to say, obviously, uh, I can't remember what's going to. Oh yeah, I can. Um, you know, Cooper's been at the club for for many many years. Obviously, helped get us back into the football league on, on Paul Cox's backroom staff. Has done a a lot of hard work behind the scenes with the academy alongside John Dempster. So we couldn't be in more stable hands, in my opinion, at the moment. One of the nicest guys in football as well. So we wish him uh, all the very best, uh, boys. Thanks very much for your opinions and, and your your time uh, tonight. We've been on for a long long time uh, tonight. So I'm going to let you go in just a second. Final few comments um, from you uh, from you guys at home as well. Uh, Danny says, uh, would Nigel Pearson be too big? Um, Mark said, how about Ardley from Notts County? Callum replied saying, I think I just vomited a little bit. Um, I agree. Um, uh, Ian said, if I had to say one name, it would be Tisdale. Uh, Andrew said, uh, John Terry was on their boat not too long ago. Um, uh, Danny says, didn't Tisdale turn us down along with Nathan Jones when we got Cochrane? Yes, he did. But as uh, uh, Ian says, uh, Tisdale was still in a job uh, then though. Uh, Victor's top three is Clough, Cowley and Cook. Um, and uh, Mark says, yes, Tisdale's turned us down before as well. Um, so it will be interesting to see where the journey goes. Uh, boys, thanks very much uh, for your input. We will see you again uh, on Saturday. Uh, how how much looking forward to how much are you looking forward to Saturday's game now uh, uh, that we uh, start this new era? Whether it's uh, uh, a new manager or, um, or or under the guise of Richard Cooper, how much are you looking forward to it? Uh, 50-50. 50-50? Uh, I was expecting a bit more optimism, but there you go. Uh, I, th- I think it obviously it will be a, ch- a change going forward, and I think it will be a different side, but I'm just scared of Hayden White nutmegging Marek stacking and, <laughs> and then passing it into an empty net. It's Oh, that's not going to be fun, but... Oh. I think looking forward is, is quite a strong word. I think for me it's more curiosity to see what what's going to be different, see if, uh, you know, we are going to set up different and... Uh, to, you know, to see if we see a a change in the, in the players. So yeah, I'm not expecting massive changes, and I'm I'm certainly expecting a defeat. Uh, sorry for the, the lack of optimism, <laughs> but 
you know, like I said, it's more of a curiosity to see what's going to be different. And I said, it might not be much, but hopefully just little bits to give us a bit of hope. Absolutely. And hope is all we need right now. Boys, thanks very much. I will see you after the game on Saturday if we appoint uh, a manager tomorrow or Friday. We'll have a chat between ourselves and decide what we do. But uh, at the moment, we're planning just to be on, on Saturday, 15 minutes after the full time whistle. So that's it for tonight's managerial change special. Thanks very much for joining us as always. Graham Coughlin has left the building. No wins in nine games at the start of this Skybet League 2 campaign. Saw him get his P45 after we handed Barrow their first win in the Football League since the 1970s. There are a number of experienced managers with great credentials out there at the moment up for grabs. The important thing now is that we believe and back John, Carolyn and of course David Sharp to make the right appointment. This for me is perhaps one of the most critical managerial appointments uh, probably since uh, we uh, appointed David Flickcroft and Steve Evans to be honest. Um, it's huge. We're in an awful position in the league table, one where we certainly don't want to be. But on the bright side, on a more positive note, we have got a squad which is bursting at the seams with potential. All it mean, all it needs is the right man to come in, or woman, to come in and unlock the door. We will watch with intent, we will watch with interest and with Mansfield in our hearts. We will see where the next step of the journey takes us. On the pitch, it's a home game against Warsaw this Saturday. At the moment, it will be under the caretakership of Richard Cooper, assisted by Mike Whitlow and Jamie Maguire. Let's give them the backing they deserve. Let's back the players and let's turn this season on his head as we close one chapter, but with the page blank, pick up the pen to start another I'm Craig Priest. Joining me tonight, as always, Cam Felton and Nathan Edge. Thank you to you guys watching in the live feed for getting involved as well. And to you that's been listening to the audio version of this, thanks very much for listening. We'll see you again 15 minutes after the full-time whistle on Saturday as the Stags face Warsaw in the cool-down post-match reaction show. This, though, is the Mansfield Matters podcast, the show for the fans, by the fans. Why? Do you need to, do you need to know the answer to that? Of course you don't. Because Mansfield always matters. Good night. days are great but there's nothing quite like playing at home the same goes for mcdonald's maximize your home ground advantage with mcdelivery order now on the mcdonald's app at participating restaurants 18 plus serving times delivery fee and terms apply see mcdonald's.com this podcast is proud to be part of the talk sport fan network talk sport powered by fans